Bible tells us not to walk by sight. Ever. We walk by faith, not by sight. And we have a tendency to walk by sight. I know I do. I just can walk by sight. And, uh, and we don't think about God coming in and making a great change. But something can happen that just takes like, just like that. A transformation can take place in a person's life, in a relationship. In a relationship. Um, in a marriage and finances, in health. What might be a situation where somebody's just like concentrating. I, I was I said this in class last night. I understand when you have situations, problems, uh, it becomes your mindset. And all you do is talk about your illness, talk about your sickness, talk about your job problem, talk about your marriage issue talk about your kids mm. and the more you talk about it the more it becomes a pattern of thinking mm. in your mind it becomes like something that is, is just like my mind is always on that and Paul uses many times in the Philippians epistles the word phroneo in the Philippians epistle phroneo means have a mindset mm. a mindset for Christ not just an occasional thought that passes through the mind we say that but we have a mind positioned in God or thinking of God this is very important and in Ephesians chapter 2 he gives you a description of six counts of what God says about man dead in trespasses and sins walking according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit that works in the children of disobedience fulfilling the lusts of the flesh and the desires of the flesh, and by nature, children of wrath. He says it's a six-count indictment against the beliefs of it. Six count. The girls had just left. Well, they took one of the dogs. Oh, they took one of them? Yeah, that's why he's going left. So Paul is saying uh, this is who the Ephesians are outside of Christ, and this is who we are outside of God. It's, it's a pretty... You, when you look at it, you think, my God, this is horrifying. Dead in trespasses and sins. Having a lifestyle according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. Uh, the lust of the flesh, the desires of the flesh and of the mind. By nature, children of wrath. And you look at it and you say, this is overwhelming. This is incredible. And it's like how we can face situations. And we can look at that and think there's no hope. Are you with me? Mm -hmm. There's no hope. And he uses two words that are transitional. And actually the words in the Greek are detheos, but God. But God comes in. But God. You know? And um, when my mother passed a while back, a few months ago, there was a Ghanaian nurse and constantly giving her the gospel. Like here she is, 90-something years old. And, you know, and God just arranged it. She, she was saved, but she was, you know, it was very difficult for her to pass. You know, she, you can be saved but not have doctrine, and you're not much better off than an unsaved person. There's no doubt about it. But this Ghanaian lady, nurse, kept ministering to her. And my mother said to me, it's unbelievable that a nurse from Ghana is my personal nurse the last couple of weeks of my life. <laughs> 
And all I say is we pray, but God. Yes. But God has done something, you know. Mm -hmm. But God. And a little bit later on, he says in 2.13 of Ephesians, but now. But God, but now. And uh, he even says it in 2 Peter 3.18, but grow. He talks about the wickedness that's going on in the world. And he says, but you can grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we, we can be people who easily approach situations and we're evaluating them according to our senses, according to normal, natural thinking and human reason. And we forget about the simple, but God. That God comes in and God does something supernatural and miraculous. Mm -hmm. But God. And, uh, you know, we, we, I've seen some things that take place and it's like, this is, this is like incredible. How will this ever work? And we forget about but God. You know? We forget about but God. We, I was talking to somebody about they have a marriage problem and they've separated from their wife. And yesterday, they just about lost hope. And I said, you know what? Have you ever heard of Pastor John Musto? I said, how long his wife waited for him and what was going on in his life. I said, stop looking at this marriage problem. But God. Can God come in? Well, yeah, I think so. Uh, no, no, no. Can God come in? Can God change this? Oh, maybe you just happen to know more than God does. So that's where our problem lies. And by the way, I said, you know what? Here's the problem with people. They want to solve a marriage problem. And God could care less about it. He wants to solve a relationship problem. They don't have one with him. And like, I, 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 my marriage counseling, you know how it is. This is my marriage counseling. Walk with God, you can walk with each other. You don't walk with God, you can't walk with each other. It's impossible. And I said, you know what? That person can't change. You don't know what she's like. I said, well, I kind of know what you're like. <laughs> I think you can change and you have changed. But God, you know, somebody says, look at this situation. Uh, I remember they asked me to go to Pastor Winfred Morty's house. He said he's, he's, he was, he's 87 years old in Africa and he's like, he's been in a coma and he's dying. And uh, it's over. He said, this is his last day. The doctor said he can't live another day. So I went in there, and I just anointed him with oil. We prayed for him, and he stood up. <laughs> wow. And I said, but God. <laughs> but God. What, what's going on here? But God. You know, God. And he's still alive right now. He's like 90-something years old, and he's still alive, and he's in Africa. Wow. And he's still pastoring, huh? Wow. <laughs> yeah, he's still, he's, he's still pastoring. And it was God. I'm like, okay, I know what the doctor says, and I know what this says, and I know what that says. What about these two words? But God. You know why this was a, a monumental verse in my life? Because I was sitting in Pretoria, South Africa, with Pastor Manny, Molly, and me and Linda. And the Holy Spirit made a connection through Pastor Shallow to a couple that was in Durban. And Durban is a seven-hour drive. And they invited me to come down and do a Bible study. You know, didn't say we can put you up anywhere. Didn't say anything. And I said to my wife, do I want to go seven hours up and seven hours back in one day to do a Bible study? I said, no, I don't. <laughs> like, I don't. Like, let's just face it, I don't want to do that, okay? 
Don't, don't, like, there's so many hyper spiritual people. Oh, I'd love to do that. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> You'll do it because God tells you to do it. But you don't want to do it. And, you know, come on, let's, let's, let's just be like, you know, the truth. So I said, okay, let's go. So I go down there, drive all the way down. It's like, it's like brutal. We get to the place. In the Bible study, I'm thinking, I came all this way for four people. There's four people at the Bible study. And I'm thinking, like, what the heck? All this way for four people? No, I'm, I, I have a negative attitude. I'm just telling you. I have a very bad attitude about the whole scene. I don't even like, I don't even like, I'm like, you know what, this is ridiculous. You know who was at the Bible study? Pastor Adam Speedy. His father and his mother. Two of them were in sight. It was the best Bible, the most productive Bible study I've ever done in my life. <laughs> three missionaries and two pastors. I don't know, three people. Wow. But, but what? You know what the message was? But God. Because I was talking about myself. You know, but God. And you have, sometimes we have no idea what's going on. You know? What's taking place in, in life? We pray. Like I might pray for my kids and all of a sudden, one says, can I move home? Well, I don't know if I prayed that I want that. <laughs> that happen. But God! My wife said to me, I was telling Pastor Chris before, I said, he eats a lot. <laughs> is, is he going to pay any rent or anything for food? She goes, he's my son. I'm like, mm. when Linda says he's my son, that's the end of conversation. <laughs> no, he ain't paying. You know? That's just the way it is. You know? But he's, you know what's good about him? He, he, he does everything for his mother. He, does, he, he paints the ceiling. He, he, paints, he does this. He fixes that. He's taken over so much off of me. Because I can't do anything anyway. But God. And now he's, he's home. He's, come, he's been with me in Africa twice. He's coming from, uh, for a month with me in January. But, but God does something. And you can look at a thing, you can see two people and they're struggling in their marriage, but we just forgot these two words. But God. But God can come in and change a life. It's incredible. But God. I mean, and, and, and it's, it's simply, as simple as that is. Like, remember that message many years ago? 1993. Simple faith defeats sophisticated darkness. It's just simple faith defeats the most sophisticated darkness there is. What are we doing in Houston? But God. Right? But God. I mean, I'm looking at Pastor Samuel, Satellite's Church in, in Tianjin, and I'm thinking, wow, what happened here? And I just thought, this is, this is God. God did this. 220 Chinese people, 80 people in Bible school, a vision for China. I mean, I'm like, wow, this, what, what, what's going on here? But God. You know, but God. I'm looking at Pastor Carl and his decreasing health and then seeing how the churches are rallying behind him and how the ministry has now reached 115 churches in India. 115 churches. There was 100 missionary pastors at the conference I just did. 100 missionary pastors. You know all I can say is? But God. But God. We pray, you know. That's like, by the way, can I, can I tell you something? It's not your prayer. Mm. It's God who answers it. Mm. You pray till you, you weep, cry, scream fast, do everything you want. If God doesn't answer, nothing happens. <laughs> hey, come on, come on. I mean, isn't that reality? 
It's like, he's got an answer. I could, when, and he tells us to pray, so I'm not saying anything about that. But he's got an answer. He has an answer if it's me. It's me. How do you get the Anthony family to Houston? But God. Okay. Yes. I don't know. But God. God. It better be. No, but God. <laughs> but God. And think about it. I said to my wife, you've been with me for 52 years. There's only two words. <laughs> I said, I can't stand myself for 52 minutes. I said, I don't know how you put up with this. She goes, ah. she said, finished work. I'm like, but God. I, I, I woke her up this morning to say goodbye. She goes, you have to wake me up to say goodbye? 3.30 in the morning? I said, yes, I'm your husband. You're all right, goodbye. And she just, <laughs> yeah. but God, you know, but God, think, think about any situation we would face in life. Yeah. It doesn't look like the ministry is going so well. You forgot something, but God, you know, the time we had the big problem, we had 285 churches. Now we have 648, but God, it's but God, God did it. God is doing it. it it's, it's remarkable. What is taking place? It's, it's all of God. I was in when I was in Nepal. I was like, forty-three churches were there, in the in the in Nepal conference. How did that happen? How did that happen? Anybody know? All you can say is, "But God, right?" Mm -hmm. One day, God just engineers a situation that puts something in a place. You know, but God, mm -hmm. and but. <laughs> We can look at it and say, like, oh my God, you know what's going on in America? I don't really care. What's the difference? What, what you, you want to spend all of your time talking about the problems of this country? Is that, it's like, are you going to sit back and analyze what Satan's doing? Because he's the God of this world. So if you want to just analyze everything that's going wrong with our country, just analyze what Satan's doing and have a good time with your self-analysis of Satan. <laughs> yeah, you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're gonna get worn out, confused, complicated, depressed, and ready to commit suicide. But God, but God, and that can be in any situation. You can knock on. I'm gonna knock on doors. I'm gonna talk to people about Christ. But God comes in, and all of a sudden, like what you thought was a day that would nothing would ever take place, it's but God, and He, and he comes in. The Theos. We 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 kind of like. You know, how are we going through the Red Sea? But God. He's going to open it up. He can't swim, but God. But God. I remember one time I was baptizing somebody in Lake Victoria, and I put them down in the water, and I saw two eyeballs coming at me. It was a crocodile. And I thought, imagine putting the person down there come up with no head. <laughs> so that's going to be a baptism unto death. <laughs> that's scriptural, you know. <laughs> so I grabbed the person and ran out. The crocodile just missed us. But God. but God, I hate crocodiles, by the way. I don't even know if I think that God created crocodiles. <laughs> I think it could have been the devil. It could have been the, it could have been the devil. Evolution but, did it. But God, God intervenes, right? But God, you can look at a situation that might seem to be something that's totally crazy, and how will this ever change, and this person... You're, you've got 6,000 demons in you and Jesus comes into your cemetery. Wow. But God. Yeah. And the guy becomes a preacher. You on your, I, I, I thought about this. I preached the Mrs. message on this uh, recently. Jesus goes to Samaria, a country of devils. That's what it's called. 
I think it was called the country of devils. He has, he's a Samaritan, he has a devil. They believe because of the Assyrians coming in, they were half priests. They were, so Samaria is a country of devils. Sikar, the city where he went to, means drunkard. And then he meets a woman on her fifth husband. Isn't that a great like, criteria for a missionary? <laughs> a country of devils, a city of drunkards, and a woman on her fifth husband. And she's the one that brings the message. What happened? God came in. She's the reason why Acts chapter 8 happened. Everybody in Samaria got saved because of the woman. It's amazing. It's like a Pirio, you know. <laughs> but God. No, it's but God. God did something, right? God does something. In a, in a, what's God going to do? I'm, I'm all alone on the Isle of Patmos. I'm, a, I'm 95 years old. Everybody's abandoned me. Oh, I'm just going to give you the book of Revelation. <laughs> yeah, just open up your mind. I'll give you the whole book of Revelation. But what? But God. My finances. Oh, whatever. Okay, keep talking about it. I'm not. We, we can pray to God and, and we can trust God. But God can come through in a moment of time, can he not? Yes. Hmm? I mean, we have 292 orphans and children of grace. I, I don't advertise. I have no website. And I don't ask for money. And I have, I'm supporting almost 300 orphans. And I have $60,000 surplus in the account. But God. But God. I don't know how it happens. I don't ask. I don't advertise. I have no website. But God. 300 of them. Imagine that. I prayed the other day. I said to my wife, we're going to have 500. I want 500 orphans. She said, what? I said, you heard what I said. You're, you're in charge of this whole thing. <laughs> but God. Right? I mean, it's but God. It's amazing. God does it. It's incredible. I had a guy give me um, give me ten thousand. He gave me no. He gave me a thousand dollars, and he said, "You have a need in Uganda." I said, "Yes, I do. We're putting together an orphanage building for kids, for girls." And I said, "We need to spend a thousand dollars on nails." So he gave me a thousand dollars. You know what he did? He flew to Uganda, and he asked the owner of the orphanage. How much he spent on nails? <laughs> he wanted to find out if I was being honest. Mm -hmm. He went all the way to Uganda to find out what I spent on nails. Uh, he, he travels around the world anyway, so he goes. There. So he, the the guy says I spent a thousand dollars. He showed him a slipper, a thousand dollars for the nails, for the wooden structure. He comes back and he says, "I'd like to write you a check for a hundred thousand dollars." He said, "Does I trust you?" I said, "Oh, you sure?" <laughs> but God, no, I, I don't. You know what? I, I don't. I feel like sometimes if I pray about money, I, I'm disobeying God. I don't know. I don't even. I don't like to pray about money. I just say, give me your will, and in your will is your finances. I, I can't be asking God for money. It just drives me nuts. You know? I'm not saying if you do that's wrong, but me, I don't do that. I don't like to do that. You know, because God comes in, right? But God, we have a situation. This is an interesting story. The man that's heading up one of our orphanages, Daniel Saruma, he is one of seven. He's the seventieth child of one man. Fourteen wives. He's the seventieth. Seventieth child. Okay. The man's a heathen, horrible heathen, idolater, adulterer. Pastor Dwayne leads him to Christ in the last month of his life. He gives nine hundred and fifty acres to the one son that's saved. So he had 960 acres. He gave it all to Daniel, who's a pastor in Greater Grace. Now he just gave a whole lot of land for the orphans. We got, we got 
our orphanage is beautiful. We got brooks and little bridges, and we got deer and cows and goats, and the kids are growing all their own food, and we got a Christian school there. It's amazing. How does that happen? But God. How do you, you, you try to figure that out? Wow. He leads a heathen to Christ. We have 70 kids, and one kid is saved, the other 69 are not, and he gives everything to the one who's born again. He says, I want my life to come for, I want my death to come for Christ, he said. Mm-hmm. My life was for hell, my death is for God. Wow. And we get so reasonable, you know? I mean, here they are walking on the road to Emmaus. They're like, they're like ready to, they, they quit. They, let's face it, they quit. They were leaving Jerusalem. Jesus walks alongside them and says, what are you talking about? Are you a stranger in Jerusalem, don't you know? You're talking to God, calling him a stranger, you know? Uh, the know what? Isn't Jesus amazing? <laughs> uh, what happened? Oh, Jesus of Nazareth, the prophet, mighty in word and deed. We thought it would be he who would redeem Israel. But some silly women came and said he rose from the dead. He died and then they said he rose. They were leaving Jerusalem, he said. Oh, fools and slow of heart to believe. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that Christ to suffer and to die? Mm-hmm. And then they said, did not our hearts burn within us as he talked to us in the way? It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And they turned around and they went back. See, but God came in. God came in. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was incredible. God came in. So can that happen in our lives? We can look at it, one of our kids and say, oh my God. Yeah, say it. Oh my God, help. You know? but, but God. But God can come in. And he can do a miracle in the, in, in the life of a person. He can change a situation. He can bring in a provision. He can still a storm. He, he can lead us and he can guide us. We have no idea what's going on. It's all but God. It's all but God. So let's stop evaluating. Remember those three enemies I talked about? Human analysis, self-evaluation, and satanic accusation. Human analysis, Mm -hmm. self-analysis, world evaluation, and satanic accusation. They destroy people's minds. I just want to think about, but God. But God comes in, I get a word from God. I get a word from God. God said to me one time, (laughs) it's like, I said to the pastor, Pastor said to me, Do you ever pray about Africa? I said, Not once. <laughs> so you've been to China, India, Bulgaria, you've been all over Europe. Do you ever pray about Africa? I said, For what? I said, I work with black people my whole life in America. I, I, no, I'm not doing that. He goes, Would you pray about it? I go, Nope. Not even going to pray, Pastor. I ended up where? 30 years. <laughs> but what? But God, right? You all have your stories. But God. What am I doing in Houston, Texas? I was in Poland, Russia, and Ukraine, and now I'm sitting in Texas. <laughs> Go with Bush country. I'm in Bush country. So you're going to be living here in a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. But God. You never know. I don't know. I have no idea what's happening. You know? But God. Yeah, I don't know. I said to my wife, I said, we need to make, we have a, at least two more great adventures left. From 70 to 85 to 88, 90 maybe. I said, we can go two more big things. She goes, huh? I said, when? <laughs> you know what I said? She goes, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I, you know what? You can't. I, I mean, look at, look at Neil Lockhart. Where is he? He's right there. 83 years old. He's still getting around this country like a, like a spring chicken. <laughs> right? Right? Aren't you 83? Uh, 82. 28. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what? 
don't ever let age or physical things limit you. No. I mean, really, it's unbelievable. I've, I've, I've flown like my two millionth mile this year. Two million miles in the air. I don't know what the heck's going on. I said, my wife says, when does this end? I said, when I die. <laughs> I said, is that a good answer? When does this end? You're going to retire? Pastor Shalos said recently on the elders meeting, I don't know if you were there, he goes like, he's the oldest elder of all of us. <laughs> I said, Pastor Shalos, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean, actually? I remember that. He goes, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> but he, he, no, he got me. One day he comes to me, he says like, you travel so long. You go away for like a month. He says, I go away for three, four, five days. You wait for a month. What's going on? I said, come with me. I walked him by the hand. I held his, his wrist. And I said, look at the sign on my office. What does it say, Pastor Shabbos? He goes, missions. I said, what does the sign on your office say? Pastor. <laughs> I said, that means I travel. <laughs> I'm not asking. He goes, knock it off. <laughs> no, you know, we have, I had fun with him, you know. He loves what I'm doing. No, he loves it because we cover a lot. But like, but God, but God, you know, but God. And, and if when I when I when I forget that part, in my health, my finances, my marriage, my kids, my life, I forget that. It's so easy to enter into all of the other things. And enter into all of the evaluations about life, you know. I, I thought about that. what am I going to do without Dwayne George? But God, not easy. Yeah, he'll talk to the trustees once he stays broke. That's okay. <laughs> but God, but God, you know. And I think that that's incredible. That no matter what we're facing, we cannot kind of push it out and like. Remove God from the Red Sea. Remove God from building the ark. Remove God from, from killing thousands of Assyrians outside of the wall. 185,000 of them that were threatening you one day are all corpses the next. But God. But God. I was with Pastor Eugene. We talked about this the other night in class. And this is kind of a crazy story, so don't take it the wrong way. But I'm in a place preaching in a, in a village in Uganda. And a guy gets up, a total stranger. He gets up and he says, the grace message is from Satan. Mm -hmm. He said, the grace message is from the devil. And greater grace is from the kingdom of darkness. He died right there while I was preaching. I'm like, but God. <laughs> he just dropped dead. He just went right over and died. I'm like, well, that's an interesting thing. I said, would you mind dragging him out because i got to finish my message? I mean, I, I, thought I, was, I wasn't insensitive to the poor guy, but he was dead. What are you going to do now? But that was like, wow. God came in. Wow. God came in. But God, you know? You know, like Pastor Stephen said, build the church in Springfield when I came back in 93 because they had left the ministry. I said, nope. He asked me the next day, build the church in Springfield. Do a new work. Start a new work. I said, he did it seven times, I think six times. And the seventh time he said, Come, move to Baltimore. That's when I came in 93. Mm -hmm. yeah. He wanted me to stay in Springfield because they had left the ministry. Remember that? Yeah. But God said, but God said, no, no. Go to Baltimore. You need to be under a pastor. You need to be under Pastor Stevens. You know? It was a but God deal. Isn't that what it was? Just but God. 
And when we, when we just take that out of the picture of our walk with God, it, be, it can become so complicated. I've never met so many complicated Christians in my life. They're so complicated, you know? I had, I had a guy in there on a mission. He was on, he was on a mission um, interview recently about going overseas. I said, God, Dr. Stephen said to me, you test people's call. I don't care what you got to do or what happens to them. I don't care if they break down and cry. Test their call. That's okay. Was it wasn't him? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was another guy. <laughs> and I he was crying. I said I said to him, you know what's gonna happen when you go to Africa? He says, What? I said, first of all, who needs another white missionary in Africa? I said, number two, you're gonna die and your kids are gonna hate me for the rest of their life. I said, You're gonna die. I was just washing his face to see if he was gonna react. He did pretty good. And he went. But but God. God has to God comes in in our calling, doesn't he? Like how many people pursue the call of pursue God's call? Because you're thinking about all the natural things and you forget about but God. But God comes in, you know? And it's amazing. And and to think about it, we don't know. Like you could be in Houston, Texas and have two hundred people next year. God can come in. Just just like that, bingo. When I you know, I used to always think about Texas long before you thought about it. Because I, I was here in 1966. What? It wasn't a good deal. <laughs> I'm not going to go into it, okay? I was actually, you know, not, it wasn't good. Okay? But I often thought about Texas. And never Dallas, and never San Antonio, but always Houston. I always had that in my mind. But greater grace needs a church in Texas. I thought this was 20 years ago. I was thinking about Texas. Why? Because I believe there's a God consciousness. I believe there's a hunger for the Bible. You know, people are very funny. They say, why go to these places where there's so many churches? Oh, really? Well, Jesus went where? Did he go to India or Israel? Where did he go? He went to Israel. Because they knew God, right? He went where there was a consciousness of God. To make disciples, right? Yeah. So come on, what are you talking about? Don't, don't be thinking about how many churches someplace. Are they, are they even churches? What is a church to begin with anyway? You know? So God, God comes in and all of a sudden, you know, here we are sitting in Texas. No idea what's going on here, you know. So I just know the food was pretty darn good. Oh. I want the truth and I'm going to read the Bible and eat your food. I think the combination is what works. You need them both. Find the truth in the beef. But God, you know, but God. How does, how does it come back together again in relationships? But God. How does the ministry go on into all the world? But God. How does, how does this, how does it happen? How am I going to make, how is there going to be a provision? But what? But God. You know, like, have you noticed how many people, I'm sure you do, how many people think about money? It's like, it's like always on their mind. Money, 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 money. I'm like, but God, but God, God can come in and do something just like that. I've had some, I've had support for, we have 260 something churches in Africa. We have support from Baptists. We have support from Kansas City. We have support from churches in Florida. We have support from unbelievers. We have support from, I mean, we have support from people, Catholics. You know, I got people that give money for, for Africa missions. I don't, even, I don't know how it happened. I think how it happened was those two words. Mm -hmm. But God. 
God wants a mission in Africa and he can raise up the money from wherever he wants to, you know? But God. But God, you know? And God can make changes in people. Do you believe that? Yes. Right? Look at it. What happened when you married Mary? You became spiritual. <laughs> Up to that point, I was wondering about you. I, think you were gonna, I thought it was going to become another Mahatma Gandhi. <laughs> then, he got, then he married Mary Anthony, and look at what's happening. But God came in and gave him a wife. Huh? You got a great husband too. I was wondering about you. I hope this girl finds it. I remember. You don't remember that. I remember '93 looking at a lot of you. There was like there was like 12 of you, you know, that we used to go out knocking on doors. And I would look at some of the, the girls and I think I hope they find the right person. Because this ain't gonna be good if they don't. And God gave you a perfect, a the perfect person, right? Isn't that amazing? Huh? That's incredible. Yeah, thank you. Not not Texas. me, but thank you. From huh? Houston. Huh? Originally from Houston. Yeah, see? That's, it's God. God does that. It's amazing. Mm. I got a call from somebody the other day, and they said to me, you prayed for me, and I had a very... I, I didn't even know I prayed. I prayed on the air for this one guy. And he was a heroin addict and an and a alcoholic. And I, I, I used to meet him all the time, and he would be in the gutter like lying there, throw up. He was a mess. And one day I didn't see him and I went to his room. He said he's in his room, he's going to die. I went to his room. He said, don't give me this church stuff either, you know. Eventually he came to Africa with me as a missionary. He got saved, went to Bible school and became an African missionary for six years. Wow. You know what the only two things I can say to that are? But God. Mm-hmm. But God. This looks like a horrible situation. How's this going to make? How's this going to happen? But what? But God, but God. I'm in the office with a Swede and a Finn. And for, after them two, it was a South African. I'm like the only American in the missions office. You know, I get Professor Gary, but he's German. It's okay. You know how, how missions works? But God. It, it has to work because of God. Not because of how many staff we have, how much, uh, we don't have a lot of salary. You know? But God. God comes in and he intervenes. He can go into the streets. He can knock on a door that you're knocking on, you know, and he's already got somebody prepared there. God comes in. And when we when we lose that kind of like freshness about what God could do in a moment of time, then yeah, we, we, we can we can find ourselves becoming religious. That's what religion is. It's like it's a systemized thing that doesn't have the freshness of God and the anointing and the life and the power of God. And this is, this is so key. This is the key, you know? I, was, I, I called up yesterday um, Pastor Emil Conan. He's in the Ivory Coast. And I said, where are you? Are you in Abidjan? He goes, no, I'm with Pastor Paul and four other pastors. We're evangelizing a new city in the north of Togo. I said, you're kidding me. I said, how'd that happen? They said, God. No. Put you together. Pastor Bob Mooney from Burkina Faso, Pastor Conan, and a Ghanaian pastor, and two Ivory Coast pastors are all evangelizing. Uh, Togo, these pastors are all evangelizing in the north of Togo to start a new church. I said, What are you doing? They said, We're doing exactly what's been preached by this ministry for years. Oh. 
I love to be I love to be rebuked like you know, by, by the very things you taught. You know, they, 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 I said to my son, "Where are you going to get Peter? Where are you going to get the money to go to Africa in January?" He goes, "Aren't you the one that always talks about faith?" I said, "Yeah." He says, "Well, don't ask that question." I'm like, my wife's laughing. She goes, "He's he, he, like, he just like." He just got you, didn't he? He just stabbed you with a, a Bible sword. <laughs> but God, right? But God comes in. And if I, if I negate that, if I rationalize that, if I human reason it, then I find myself just operating according to natural circumstances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But isn't it that we cannot make any judgment about anybody? Like or say, anything, yeah. Or anything... Uh, the moment where we say, oh, this person is like that, or that person is like that, we leave out the person of God in that person's life and the whole plan that God has in yeah. mind for that person. He can change them in a moment. Yeah. In just one second, in a moment of time, mm-hmm. a person can like be totally transformed. I'm looking at a guy yesterday in my office, and I'm thinking to myself, this guy is like great potential to walk with God. I said, you know why you're having problems in your relationship? Because you have a call in your life. Mm-hmm. And you're not following it, and that's why there's a problem. Mm-hmm. He goes, huh? I came here to get counseling from my marriage. I said, yeah, here's your counseling. <laughs> Follow God. Mm-hmm. How's that for counseling? Follow God. <laughs> Follow God, don't worry about it. God will take care of the rest of it. But God. But God comes in. Yeah. And this is what happened. There's this line of thinking in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1, 2, and 3. Then in chapter 4, but God, mm. just comes in just like that. Second Peter 3.18, but grow, mm. right? Mm. Second Ephesians 2.13, but now. It's, it's just a simple transition. Mm-hmm. And that's what it means. That when, it, when the, the word but is the word D-E in the Greek language. It means transition. Transition out of that thinking. And start thinking with God. Transition out of it. Let God take you out of that kind of thinking. Faithless thinking, you know. People ask me all the time. Do you know that how, how much money? Like, let's let's just say that I know at least two million dollars passes through the missions office every year. Huh? One or two? One point two million. Uh, at least. Are you yeah. sure? I think it's more than that. No, I would say it's different. Two million. But I mean, all together, it's, yeah, it's, it's way up there. Yeah. How, how? How? What's going on? God. God, you were you thinking about finances? You thinking about money? Pastor Mati's writing books will become famous and sell all of his books. <laughs> but God, Pastor Shalom keeps getting on my case about I, I, about writing a life story. You know, I, I'm at like page thirty. I, have, I haven't got out of Springfield yet. I, I just, I'm just not a person that can sit down and write. I need a ghostwriter. You know, somebody who will tape it and then put it all together. Mm. I said I can't, Pastor Shalom. Like, I. My mind can't sit and write. Write a book? You have to speak it in a thing. Uh, I can't even do that. I have a hard time doing that. It's just this whole thing, you know, like, what now? But you know what? God can come in. He goes, well, you'll probably do it when you're 90. <laughs> but try to do it before you pass. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> but God. <laughs> I'll tell a final story in closing. Uh, I was preaching in the streets of Florida with. Um, I used to take the 12th graders, you know, the high school. 
yeah, into the streets preaching. Not to these like, like you know, ski ventures, point skiing and stuff, you know. And I took them like to the worst places you could find. So I'm talking to this heroin addict in front of a package store, and he starts crying. He's really like listening to me. He goes, "My life is a mess. I need God, you know." And I pray for him. So I get I, I get up there to preach. I got a microphone. I got the whole mind with the music. We got the big loudspeakers. A guy walks up with a with a knife. He says, "Stop preaching! I'm gonna cut your throat." I'm looking at the guy, sweating, a little bit fearful. The other guy that I was talking to comes up with a gun. He says, put the knife down. <laughs> he said, don't touch the preacher. I said, but God. This is amazing. I got a heroin addict with a gun. Protecting me. You figure, figure that one out. Huh? That's crazy. I got all these kids that are like 16 years old, you know. Their parents say, oh, they're with Pastor Chabelle. He's the school principal. They're in Florida. I'm sure he's taking care of them. <laughs> Little did you know what I was actually doing, you know. But God came in. Natasha was there. Michelle Capral was there. Lisa Capral was there. Penny, Par Penny Parker, she's married to Jim Pierce. She was there. It was like crazy. Jimmy Shermer. Pastor Jimmy Shermer. I had an amazing 12th grade class. Avril Plunkett. Yeah, they were all there. It was, it was nuts. You know? And it was, they, they all became missionaries, all of them. It was, it was amazing. But you know why? But God. So rather than just getting all caught up in the. Relax with those two words. But God. What are those two words? But God. But God. But God. So, Father, thank you today that this weekend can be a but God weekend. But God comes in. God changes our hearts. God moves in our midst. God gives vision, clarity, purpose, power, strength to, to take the next step. It's all about God. It's all about Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. They were not doing so well in John 20, and then he walked through a wall. <laughs> Jesus is here. He's in the room. Or they were living in fear of the Jews, and Jesus walked through the wall. That was the end of their fears. God came in. So we pray, God, in our personal lives, show us the reality of how you are there for us. Never forsake us. You're with us. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So, Shibari, what happened when they wanted to deport you from Ghana? Where? When they wanted to deport you from Ghana.